Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson, with me as always. The one who knows everything there is to know, especially about all the dumb stuff that is possibly found on the interwebs, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. How's it going today, Chuck? Not bad. I, I wish I had a middle name like Paul. It's a pretty good middle name. It'd be pretty cool mm-hmm. uh, if I did, but I don't. And then the so. first name, Nathaniel? Jeez. Listen you sound like r- a founding father. Listen to how rich I sound. <laughs> Man. Nathaniel Paul. Anyway, yeah, this is Good Morning Liberty. We're going to do Dumb Bleep of the Week. This is where the live group gets to vote on what the dumbest thing that we're about to present actually was. And then eventually, at the end of the year, we get to put all those together in a bracket and decide what the dumbest thing of the year was. It was a great tournament last year. We have December Madness. We'll have to do a bracket challenge for it next time, actually. Yeah, we'll have to do that and see who wins. By the way, who who did win our bracket challenge? I don't even know who won the the bracket i hadn't even looked at it a, i don't know if anybody picked kansas to win yeah we'll look and see anyone in here remember whether or not you picked kansas i hadn't even looked at it after mine tanked so bad so we'll be going through all of these voting we got a lot of videos in here a lot of different content to play so make sure you smash that follow that subscribe tell a friend tell a family member watch the video later on youtube probably as long as it doesn't get us banned we will put it up there for sure so Without further ado, we're going to go with number one. Oh, by the way, everyone, I want to let everyone know who's listening right now. We are going to be co-hosting an event here in Nashville along with For All Tennessee. And we're going to be bringing in Mr. Spike Cohen to hang out, have a good time at the Bold Patriot Brewing Company here in Nashville, Which Tennessee. Is a great location. Really great. Bold Patriot. They got muskets on the wall and everything. Yep. They got flags and muskets and it's a cool place. Great building. If anyone wants to come hang out, then come do that. It's going to be really fun. There's some other stuff going on there that night. And uh, I think it's, I think there's going to be a lot of people there. You can just come there mm-hmm. and talk to Spike. There's actually a, uh, I believe, a Young Republicans event and Mm -hmm. then uh, Turning Point USA as well. Just all happen to be hanging out there at the same time. Come convert some Republicans with us. That's what we're going to (laughs) work on doing. So anyway, that's on next Thursday night. I think it's April 14th at Bold Patriot Brewing Company. There's a Facebook event I just posted on our Facebook page if you want to put on there that you're going. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes for you. So anyway, Charlie, you got number one. Mm. It's on you, number one, to kick us off. Number one, dumb. This is from uh, David Hogg. I don't know if you guys remember this guy. He's a um, mass shooter survivor, mm-hmm. and um, I'm glad that he, you know, I'm glad he survived. didn't die. Of no. course. And then now he's an activist um, trying to get guns banned completely. <laughs> he tweets out, "If you need a license to kill deer, why don't you need one to kill humans?" It's great. It's a great point. <laughs> Why Why is that, Charlie? I mean, it, when you put it that way, that does sound crazy, right? I mean, it was in James Bond, you know? Yeah. License. license. <laughs> we had a license yeah. to kill. So it makes sense. I mean, he probably played Goldeneye when he was a kid. I don't know how old he is, but remember that Goldeneye? Oh, yeah. I used to play that all the time N64, on N64. One mm-hmm. of the best video games of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably what he's referencing there. I could only imagine. That's the only thing that really makes sense. <laughs> is uh, yep. He's talking about 007 agents. 
there. He also went on because everyone was giving him hell about this because of the obvious fact that um, it's not legal to kill humans at all. Okay, even if you obtain a license. Yeah, there's no, there isn't a license to kill humans. Right. right. There's a license that some states will give you to own a gun, which you shouldn't do that Mm -hmm. in the first place. You should just be able to defend yourself without permission from the state, but. You don't also, have a license to kill people. By the way, the license to hunt deer is like, that's to harvest deer, like to actually kill a deer with, a, it's not a license for the gun that, yeah. to be used on deer. Mm-hmm. Like it's a license specifically to hunt an animal that you can eat yes. and put on your wall mm-hmm. if it has enough points and looks pretty enough. And actually it doesn't even need that. You can, you can mount whatever you want. But anyway, he goes on here and he says, your right to own a gun with little regulation matters a lot less to me than the rights my classmates had before they were killed. Limits on rights start where they infringe on others to practice theirs. No right is absolute. We have a right to not be shot. Not necessarily wrong there. Well, that like limits on rights start where they infringe on others to practice theirs, which is why it's illegal to kill people. Yeah, you don't have a right to kill people. And I'm pretty sure his classmate that killed the people there probably didn't have a license to own a gun or bring it into a school or anything like that. Or did he probably own it? Yeah. I'm so, pretty sure that was the one where he it, took it from his, it from his parents. I'm pretty yeah. sure. So. Yeah. Great job, David. Yeah. Great job. Glad you're yeah. alive, though, for sure. Yeah. But, I mean, that's I wasn't being sarcastic. I, you know, no, it's true because we're, like anti- yeah. we're anti-death. I'm, yeah. I'm not a fan of death. Okay, that was number one. This is just going to be real quick. This is just a headline, okay? Number two, Shanghai lockdown deepens after new surge in asymptomatic cases. Mm. Now, that's scary right there. Mm-hmm. This, this, I mean, they got to lock down stuff. I, I just think about going like, oh, my God. They're like asymptomatic cases. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. You definitely need to take away everyone's rights and separate them from people, you know, when you got that a disease that you can't even tell you have. Mm-hmm. It's very dangerous. Yeah. This disease, you can't even tell. No fever, people have. cough, sniffles. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that no one's died from this. Okay. That's not what we're saying. All right. That's not what we're saying at all. And you know what I've noticed in China, people are starting to speak out a little bit. I saw the government's actually having to consider what the people think. Mm. Just a little bit. They're just, at least acknowledging. Just a little. Barely. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. They're barely doing it. We think in a place that had like, I don't know, one and a half billion people that the government wouldn't be that powerful against that many people. Yeah. Well, except they don't have guns. That's the thing. I will have to talk to David about that one. Yeah. Like I said, we always, we always start you guys out real light, real easy. And then it gets heavier and heavier Mm -hmm. and terrible and terrible as we go on and dumber and dumber. So that's an easy, quick and easy. Number two. Don't worry. We have 11 of them to go through. Number three. Senator Booker on Judge Jackson's historic confirmation, quote, today is a day of triumph for a lot of folks, and it's definitely a day of celebration to see this glass ceiling shattered in what is a Jackie Robinson moment for America. So now there's a couple things in here um, in the show notes, by the way, you know, Jackie Robinson, it was, you know, first black baseball player, baseball player. Mm-hmm. This is not our first uh, black Supreme Court justice. No. I'm I'm trying to figure and out. You know, the, Joe Biden would call him by another name. <coughs> uh, it starts with an N word. Starts with an accidentally. N. You know, but. he wouldn't mean it. So, yeah, it's kind of weird. What about Thurgood Marshall and you know Clarence Thomas? Thomas happens also be there for sure. 
I guess they mean because of her sex. Mm. You know? So you're, what you're saying is he's a biologist. Yeah, I didn't realize he was, but he definitely is. So Booker, he's a biologist. What is things sex, you didn't anyway? know? I mean, this is this is turning out to things you didn't know about senators. Also a biology uh, professor, probably. I'm not sure. And uh, I think New York, where he's from. So that's pretty cool from Booker over there. But what is sex anyway? I mean, that's some kind of made up construct. Yeah. But it's definitely monumental because of her sex, right? Which doesn't exist in the I, first place. Yeah. And what we've said about this the whole time is like, I don't care what her sex is. I don't care what she identifies as. I don't care uh, what color she is at all. Is she qualified for the job and does she uphold the constitution? That's, that's literally all the things. Now she obviously is very, she's qualified. Mm-hmm. She checks all the boxes. She, she uh, went to Harvard for her undergrad. There's a check. Then she went you to know. Harvard law school mm. and then she clerked for district courts and appellate courts and the Supreme court. There's checks all the way around there. Then she was also a, a district and appellate judge for the last 10 years. So there's checks all the way around there. Um, so she, as far as qualification goes, I think she's qualified. For she's a qualified court. judge. Yes. Now, mm-hmm. as far as does she uphold the constitution? I mean, I don't know much about her record looking at what I've looked at. You could say for the most part, there are some discrepancies there. Um, but look, she, you could say leans a little left. This is a left majority house and Senate essentially because you have the vice president. Uh, to, for Got the a few rate. Republican votes too. Got a few Republican votes. And so that's all that matters. That's, that's yeah. it. And Who she's, cares? Nothing really is going to change with the Supreme Court. She's replacing a left Supreme Court justice already, so not much is going to change on on that case. Um, who was it that was out there saying that that she, this was almost in the dome, and I guess since we're talking about her right now, I can't remember who said it. Maybe someone in the group does, talking about how she would have defended uh, the Nazis at the Nuremberg trials, that, that that's what she would have done. And it was meant to be like a real big own honor talking about that. I thought it was a little bit ridiculous. And and also I'm going to say something kind of weird that actually made me like her more because I think everyone deserves to have a defense. Even if what you did is terrible, Mm -hmm. you deserve to have a defense. And that had to do with her defense of people in Guantanamo, I believe. And, um, and, and others. So everyone, every human being deserves a defense against the government. Even if what you did is, is terrible doesn't mean you're going to win or anything like that, but yeah, you got, I didn't see that part where Cruz had asked her if she, if people had inalienable rights and her answer was that she had no opinion on inalienable rights. I didn't see that. Uh, That's definitely sad, obviously. So um, yeah, I hadn't seen that either. Yeah. I mean, people obviously do. I mean, it's written in the first law, which is the declaration of independence. Well, you have them whether or not they wrote that, but yeah, we've, we've got it. Regardless, it, it's a thing. That's number so. three. Her uh, her confirmation is uh, it's just like just like Jackie Robinson, except for you know Thurgood Marshall and Clarence. It's Thomas. amazing how oppressive you know. and systemically racist this country is. After having a black president, a black vice president, and a black Supreme Court justice, she's not the first one, by the way. Mm. It's just amazing how she even got through being held down so much in this country by all the. Systemic issues that we have. I just can't even believe she even got to this point. Oh, I'm, doesn't that defeat the whole argument, by the way? That part doesn't matter. <laughs> this is, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, okay. All right. Let's do some, uh, 
uh, let's just try and do some mental gymnastics for a little bit together. Let's to get a little bit of exercise in our brain real fast. That means that we're going to listen to a clip from Joy Reid real fast. So I hope everyone's mm-hmm. you know mentally prepared for that, the gymnastics that are about to happen. But here we go. He compared Justin Trudeau to Hitler. He was sued for defamation for calling a British cave diver it's, pedo. By the way, this is talking about Elon Musk and him buying a stake in Twitter. That's what that's the context that we're going to have this two minute clip from. Oh, guy, like he's not exactly like, I don't know your thoughts on him now, basically being Twitter's biggest owner. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, glad you brought up winners take all, because although there was 300 pages of book there, there was really one simple idea buried in that 300 pages, which is that we live in this moment in which the arsonists are cosplaying as firefighters. The people who cause our greatest social problems, global problems, are trying to con us into thinking not only that they're okay, but that they are the solution to the problems they've caused. So look at Musk. Musk uh, has built his business to government subsidies years ago. He's not wrong, by the way. The people who've actually created the biggest problems are the ones stepping in trying to solve them. But now he's going to try to gaslight you into thinking that's someone else Mm -hmm. and not them. Yeah, it's them. They're the ones that are actually doing this. And then they're going to say, well, it's this person that's doing this entire like this problem exists and we're the ones creating it. But I'm going to tell you how someone else is doing it. Not me. It's projection. It's gaslighting. Mm -hmm. And yeah, a lot of crazy stuff going on in this clip ago and now turns around, stiffs the government on taxes and, and explains how inefficient government spending is. And he can do everything better privately in space and elsewhere. Uh, he is building in Tesla, a documentedly racist company uh, that perhaps reminds him, uh, gives him nostalgic memories of apartheid South Africa, where he grew up. Uh, and on social media, to the point of, of your intro, he's been charged by the SEC with misleading investors and paid millions in fines. Uh, he's more than that, an embodiment of what I would say is Twitter's biggest strategic problem, which is a hostile cruel, uh, dangerous mm-hmm. online environment, especially for women, especially for people of color, women of color in particular. Ask anybody if you don't, if that's not your experience of it, ask someone who might oh, know. Oh, it is. And mm-hmm. Musk embodies that <laughs> bullying, that bro harassment, the pedo guy thing. You can't do that unless you're one of the world's richest people. Just call someone a pedo with no basis. And he won the case, even though he did it, because mm-hmm. he's the world's richest guy. And so here we have now, after someone who has helped make Twitter worse every day, the arsonist is coming back to cosplay as firefighter. He is going to be at the board seat, Joy, yeah. discussing mm-hmm. how to make Twitter safer, how to make it better. And his agenda has been telegraphed very clearly, less control. At a moment when Twitter's greatest uh, opportunity and need is for greater control of Nazism on the platform, of doxing and brigading of women and ruining women's lives for having opinions uh, on Twitter, controlling that. He wants the opposite, and they have welcomed him to their board. (laughs) The dude has 80 million followers, (laughs) by the way. Yeah. 80 million. And he, oh, I just don't know how you just say things like that. It's pretty impressive to be able to talk and like be serious and not just start laughing while you're saying all of that, you know, like was he holding in a la- laughter the whole time that he was talking? Yeah. You think, does he know that he's literally talking about, I mean, what, you know, what everyone, what people like on the left are upset about, they're upset 
that, you know, they want control over that environment. They don't care about doxing people on the right or calling people Nazis or white supremacists with no basis whatsoever. Or, or, or pedos or rapists mm, yeah, or a, anything like that. Anything like that. They don't actually care about those things. They care about possibly losing control over who gets to do that, really. And what they want right now is to be able to do that to their enemies but for their enemies to not be able to also do that to them. That's that's what they're worried about losing. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I can't remember what this guy's name is, but oh well, let me see. Uh, I can't see it right now. <clears throat> anyway, he's got a book he's out there talking about. I'm sure you guys will be just jumping at the link in the show notes of that guy's book for sure. <laughs> that's the so, only reason why he's doing this, but yeah. he's trying to sell books. Mm-hmm. So he's also a capitalist. Okay, so that was number four. And see, Chuck, you're up for number five, and there's an article associated All right. in the show notes. From CNN Health, number five. Trump's endorsement of COVID-19 vaccines increased uptake in counties with low vaccination rates. So watching an ad in which former President Donald Trump promoted COVID-19 vaccines was linked to increased vaccinations in U.S. counties with low immunization rates, according to a new study. The study was released Monday as a working paper in the National Bureau of Economic Research that has not yet been peer-reviewed. Researchers created a 27-second ad designed to serve as a public service announcement for Trump encouraging people to get vaccinated. Through a randomized controlled trial, the ad was featured on different YouTube channels across more than a thousand counties with populations of less than a million and in which more than half of the population was still unvaccinated. And now the vaccination rates are up for those counties. You know why I thought this was so dumb? Because because people are deciding to get a vaccination based on who the president is? Yeah. Think for yourselves, Or who people. endorses it? Like, really? You were waiting on Trump's endorsement of the vaccine? That's what it was? What? Like, what history and evidence of Trump and, like, his medical background or anything do you have? I'm not talking about getting the vaccine or not or anything wrong with it or anything. That's not the... Not the conversation here. It's thank for your damn self and don't just do it because Trump did it. That's it's a cult like mentality. It mentality, is like like Todd is saying, like Trump is the Lord and Savior of this particular following, <clears throat> and it, it it does make you lose faith in thinking that people can think for themselves. Part of me is like, well, maybe the left has it right. You know, <laughs> maybe they're right that they, they, these people don't know what's good for them, and that we should make. Better decisions. You just for need them. the benevolent, the benevolent dictator in charge. Exactly. And that's it. So, part of me thinks that, but then I, then I realize, like, it. You know, if people people do this all the time, this is why you have influencers. By the way, this is why influencers make a lot of money, and companies use influencers to tell people what products they should and should not get. And um, in fact, it's created a whole um, opportunity for women-owned businesses in the free market, which is nice. And um, it's it's. It's why the majority of people go along with this. It's it makes you feel safer when you feel like you can trust someone and they endorse something for you. Um, so I understand it, but it is dumb that you shouldn't decide whether or not you're getting a vaccination based on who the president is, which people did on the left, by the way, as well. <laughs> they were. Yeah. Like when when this vaccine was first introduced in December when Trump was still president. You had prominent leftists, including the sitting vice president of the United States, saying she wasn't going to get the vaccine under his administration. 
Yeah. Because there must have been, there was definitely microchips in it when Trump developed it. Well, they rushed it through. And so it wasn't safe. That was the problem. Yeah. For people like Kamala Harris. And now that Joe Biden is president, of course, we went through two years of, uh, well, you're just a, a, a greedy, sacrilegious, whatever name in the book you want to throw for not taking the vaccine. And you were the deplorable. And we should take your life away from you, your livelihood away from mm-hmm. you if you don't take this thing. It's uh, and, and like Joe Bizzle said, TDS works both ways. There are people that are that hate him so much that they wouldn't take it because it was developed under his administration or that he was currently the president. And then there are people that love him so much that they wouldn't take it until he said that it was okay to take. And that is not a recipe for a nice, prosperous, and bright future for us. I'm just telling you. It just isn't. Think, use your own Galdern brain. You know that whole do the research thing? The research is not whether or not Trump said that it was okay to take. That's not doing the research. Well, actually, you don't even have to use your own brain. You talk to your doctor. Mm. That's what they're there for. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I feel like most people should speak to medical professionals, people who are trained in this type of thing, and ask them what they think the best option is. Well, that was uh, number five, and now we're going to move on to number six. It might get progressively dumber as we move on. Chicago Area Church announces it's fasting from whiteness during Lent. (laughs) Fasting from whiteness is from the New York Post. Also, who made that graphic? Yeah, it's... (laughs) It's really, it looks like a show poster from back in our hardcore music days, maybe uh, something like that. What's up, y'all? We're fasting for whiteness. <laughs> Get on your feet. <laughs> okay, a church in suburban Chicago said it was fasting from whiteness during Lent, the 40-day period preceding Easter, by abstaining from, from performing hymns composed or written by white musicians. Because this church, it's not going to reach God the same way. First United Church of Oak Park announced on its website that it was, uh, that is doing a mix of giving something up and taking something on, giving something up. That's what you're supposed to do during Lent. And in this case, the biggest thing was whiteness, their whiteness that they, that they love so much. Their whitey songs. Can't be something that like you hate that you're giving up, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. It's supposed to be the opposite. Mm. Uh, quote, in our worship services like throughout... i giving up broccoli for Lent. Yeah. You know? yeah. This is going to be real tough. I'm going to give up hitting myself in the head with a hammer for Lent. <laughs> Look at me, Jesus. I'm so damn good. Quote, in our worship services throughout Lent, we will not be using any music or liturgy written or composed by white people. Our music will be drawn from the African-American spirituals tradition from South African freedom songs, from Native American traditions, and many, many more. That were written during slave times. <laughs> quote, for Lent, quote, we're continuing, for Lent, it is our prayer that in our spiritual disciplines we may grow as Christians, united in the body of Christ with people of all ages, nations, races, and origins. The church added. So they said that while simultaneously, (laughs) purposefully excluding whiteness. By the way, 
Lent is a, this is a reading on Lent is a period of grief that necessarily ends with a great celebration of Easter. In Lent, many Christians commit to fasting as well as giving up certain luxuries in imitation of Jesus Christ's sacrifice during his journey into the desert for 40 days. And the best thing they could come up with was not using stuff created by white people during that time. That's... It's <laughs> fantastic. Someone, someone so tell me what the heck is going on right now. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> this is so dumb. Okay, that's number uh, six. There's still five more. Okay. Don't worry. I feel like I'm with Kayla that we could probably stop that that one I know. definitely wins. This is ridiculous. Oh, we got a video we're going to play here real quick. Let me see. All right, number number seven. This is one. Oh. Warden Warren, Chief Warren. The rich have done a very good job in this country of making everyone believe that they are either richer than they are or they are going to themselves become billionaires at some point. And so it is also in their favor to maintain taxation that is favorable to the rich. As Elizabeth Warren, how do you make it seem like you are not going against the idea of the American dream and taking away people's money when they've made a business that everybody uses, like Amazon or like Facebook, or like many Americans would be like, you just want to take their money, but they worked hard for their money. Why should, why should you take away their money from them? So here's my pitch. You're a billionaire. You worked hard, you busted your tail, you made it big, good for you. Great, I'm glad to hear it, but here's the deal. If you built a business here in America, you didn't do that all by yourself. You did it using workers all of us helped pay to educate. You did it getting your goods to market on roads and bridges all of us helped to pay for. You did it protected uh, by firefighters all of us help pay the salaries for. And we're glad to do it because we invest as a nation, as a people in creating opportunities. So you got a chance to get out there and build this fabulous business. And now all we're saying is when you make it big, and I mean really big, for me, when you've got more than $50 million in accumulated assets, on your 50 millionth and first dollar and every dollar above that, pitch in two cents so everybody else gets a chance to make it. That's all this is about. You're still going to be so rich you could roll in it. You could, you could go down in your basement and just, you know, you could rub your shoulders. You got to watch you the could video. Do whatever you want to do with your money. But two cent wealth tax little higher if you're a billionaire, your fortune, even if you don't lift a finger, your fortune is going to keep on growing. It's just not going to grow quite as fast. But the consequence will be that two cents from the very top, this one will knock you over. That'll produce $3 trillion in revenues over the next 10 years. Enough money for universal childcare and early childhood education for every baby in this country. Enough money to revitalize all of our K-12 schools. Enough money to cancel that $50,000 of student loan debt, of putting real investments in our historically black colleges and universities and making all of our colleges tuition free and still have money left over. Just guys, okay. That's just her two cents. <laughs> she just said 
$300 billion a year into the federal government's budget from this tax is going to give you all of those things that she just named. Mm -hmm. Free childcare, education for everyone, uh, tuition-free colleges, all this stuff that you're going to get from $300 billion a year. That's all they need. That's all they need, Charlie, is $300 billion. That's it. We increased the DOE's budget, Department of Education's budget, up to $200 billion a couple of years ago. Just their budget. What the heck is she talking about? Those things. Well, they need $300 billion more. It's the $300 billion that they're short mm-hmm. right now. If they just did that, they could provide everything. By the way, if you weren't watching the video, you have to go watch the video when she's rolling in it. She does this little <laughs> dance move. <laughs> it's pretty oh, good. Oh, it's so ridiculous. I like what um, I like what I believe this was Bailey that said that, or Kayla said this. She goes, "How did we go from a billion to then a hundred millionaires to now fifty million? Mm-hmm. So now it's people. I mean, if you've got fifty million dollars." and accumulated assets you are so wealthy we're only asking for two cents of every dollar above that this is a over the the span of a few years we've gone down from a billion down to now 50 million what do you think it's going to be after that 10 years and three trillion dollars is gone ten thousand dollars yeah exactly (laughs) it's just going to be another tax that everyone is going to have to pay hey but hey if you got there you didn't you didn't build that you didn't get there on your own. No, you didn't get there. You you used roads that we all paid for and people that we all paid to educate, and we were happy to do it. Okay? <laughs> I love that. We lot. were happy to do it for you. We were happy to force other people to do that for you, mm-hmm. is what she meant to say. But now you just need to chip in, and I love how they do this. Oh, it's only two cents. That's all it is, just two cents. If you send us, if you send us 100 billion easy payments of two cents... <laughs> then you're going to get everything you ever wanted in life for free. Yeah. Okay. That's all you got to do. Call now. Call now. <laughs> Call this number at the bottom of your screen before supplies run out. <laughs> it's just two cents. A hundred billion payments of two cents. That's no, but, it. But I love this. Uh, you know, we gave you the roads and the education system. It's like, it's like kidnapping someone and locking them in your basement and keeping them there for a year and you're like after i gave you food and water and a bed to sleep in and all this stuff that you've had you wouldn't have survived down here in my basement if i wouldn't have been providing all this stuff to you and you won't give me something in return Mm -hmm. like no you created the damn prison system okay just let me out of it Mm -hmm. you can't forcefully take from people and terribly build all of these things fail at education and give us terrible roads and then say hey since uh, since we did this for you we're also going to force you to do this this whole this whole thing it's i'll tell you what it's the stockholm syndrome you know it is oh and i heard that that's, uh, that's what exactly what it is uh, michael look at all these things we did for you yeah shouldn't shouldn't you feel good that we're your aren't you proud that i'm your abuser mm-hmm are you not proud that it was me and i was happy to do it i know i raped you but god i gave you food and i bought you that new louis vuitton bag you were looking at well i mean i didn't buy i mean i took the money from that person well, i, I made our you. neighbor pay you know, for it but you still got the bag you know, didn't and i you? paid three times what it was worth but i mean <laughs> yeah yeah see look how 
Oh, man. And $300 billion a year? Come on, y'all. I tell you what, number seven, that was dumb. That's what it was. Mm. It turns out that one was dumb. And now we're the number eight. Charlie, I want to see what you think is dumb about this. We got another video. We got so much video content coming through here today. This is from J.D. Vance. He's running for Senate in Ohio, I believe. And if this is the Republicans' talking point for the future, I've just got an issue with it. And uh, we'll see see what you think about this. Do you hate me? Okay, i got to start off at the very beginning because this is pretty important. Are you a racist? Do you hate Mexicans? The media calls us racist for wanting to build Trump's wall. They censor us, but it doesn't change the truth. Joe Biden's open border is killing Ohioans, with more illegal drugs and more Democrat voters pouring into this country. This issue is personal. I nearly lost my mother to the poison coming across our border. No child should grow up an orphan. I'm J.D. Vance, and I approve this message because whatever they call us, we will put America first. Okay. That was interesting. It's interesting, right? For sure. It's a political ad, mm-hmm. you know? Just starts off with some shock value. Are you a racist? Do, Do you, you hate Mexicans? Mexicans? Okay, points for shock value and getting the video out there. It was trending on Twitter for a little bit, you know? So that's fine. Um, I'll tell you what bothered me about the whole thing. People coming over the border... More, most of them, the majority of them are just people who want to make a better life for their family because America's way better than the country that they're coming from. Mm. Okay. And in fact, well, cause we have all those roads and stuff yeah. that were built. Yeah. We've got the system, yeah. you know, the schools and all that stuff, you know, that's, that's what they want. And, and so then saying like with the Democrat voters pouring across the border and, you know, basically pulling from Trump's murderers and rapists you know, comments that were taken out of context, by the way. Um, but but going along that whole line, I just don't think that's a very good way to move forward into the future because, you know what? People coming across the border could also vote for a smaller government. They could vote for a more limited government if they're going to vote. They could vote for Republicans in the future. If Republicans focused on winning the votes of people that were coming across the border or, you know, just anyone that, uh, you know, is Hispanic or anything like that, they'll win all the elections, but they're not going to win it by talking about how all these terrible, evil Democrat drug dealing murders and rapists are coming across the border. That's not the way that it's going to happen. Okay. Because they actually, I, I believe, you know, Republicans can align a lot more on work ethic and the family values and all that stuff, and there's a potential for a win there if they'll just drop some of this madness that's going on. Mm-hmm. And it really bothers me because to me, I see a very easy election opportunity there. And it's actually embracing instead of pushing everyone away. I don't think that's a good, I don't think it's a good way to win elections or to create a country that like everyone wants to live in, you know? Yeah. I don't know what you think about that. I do. I mean, that's leading with empathy first. Which, mm-hmm. which is, that's, I mean, that's the best way to do sales or anything else, right, is try to understand somebody's situation. And I think what you said is is hammering home the point of work ethic and family values and creating a better life for yourself. Um, you know, the we don't ever talk about the actual problem, which is the inflated welfare state as the actual problem. It's not the fact that we 
that we have an open border or whatever it is. I mean, it's, it's literally, as Milton Friedman said, the only good immigration is illegal immigration. Back then, well, now illegal. It's like the only possible immigration. Now illegal <laughs> no. immigration, you qualify for all kinds of stuff. But back in the 80s, you didn't <laughs> qualify for all that because you were an illegal immigrant. So mm-hmm. you worked under the radar for cheaper wages and a better life, like literally picking yourself up by the bold bootstraps, man. Mm. Okay? And and so it's not like that anymore. So there's, there's a lot of other problems. And it's not that there aren't some some people who are bad people coming over the border, but that's not the majority of them, by the way. The majority of them trying to get into this country are not bad. I think that if to paint them all as bad, well, you're just you're just creating a defensive posture. And and people, these are human beings with feelings. I think that what they what they need to do, and a lot of Republicans aren't going to agree with this. There's going to have to be a compromise, and it, maybe it all happens at the same time. I do think that I do think that your border being monitored is a smart thing. I think that. I do think that that's good. Okay. I'm not a total open borders libertarian. You guys know about my wall. Okay. I've, I've got walls all over the place. Mm. Okay. But and there's nothing wrong with being a sovereign country to with, me with rules. The issue, the reason that it's so hard to win those votes is it's not that people coming from Mexico are Democrat, like liberal socialists that are, that are fleeing the country they're worried that they're going to get rounded up and sent back to Mexico if the Republicans are in charge of everything. That's that's what the problem... I believe a Republican said, you know what? If you're here, you can stay here. That's fine. We're glad to have you. I believe at that point right there, Republicans switched to win in every single election in, a, in any of those swing areas. Because I think that's the only thing holding them back from getting the majority of the, quote, the Hispanic vote, if you want to describe people by their demographics, if that's the way that we want to do it. I really think that that's it. I think that yeah. people are worried that they're going to get sent back to Mexico. Well, as Joe here, Joe said uh, Trump offered amnesty in exchange for the wall. He did, by the way, which is why the Latino vote for Trump went up, mm. by the way. It, it one went, of the reasons. I think, one you know. of the reasons, yes. And then you do have a lot of, um, you know, of the Latino, Latina population in america latinx also you got latinx La- sorry yeah, latinx, don't, latinx. Yeah. i don't want to for yeah yeah my apologies Jeez. i'm i'm a, you know when he said are you a racist at the beginning Char- mm. charlie was like yeah what <laughs> what is it you talk dro- to me I dropped my cheetos <laughs> anyway what i'm trying to say is uh, a lot of them also because most of them traditionally uh for the most part are more conservative especially when it comes to family values and things like that um, because they want a better life for their family. They're very uh, family-oriented folks. And um, and so a lot of them also don't like to see what's happening at the border. And so they did. They did. Trump had a huge support for from the Latinx population, <laughs> if I can just include everyone. Because mm-hmm. I yeah. And it's because he used that word, you know, specifically all the time. That's what it was. All right, that's number eight right there. Do better Republicans. We don't have to we don't have to play into all the divisiveness, all right? Number nine from Mayor Eric Adams in New York. I don't know how many times in a row we're gonna mention not saying gay, but last time, you know, we mentioned that we couldn't say it. Now this podcast can't be sent out in Florida. He said, We have a message for Florida's LGBTQ plus community. Come to a city where you can be you. Join us now at City Hall. And then they've also got this uh, little poster going around that was uh, i believe this is at the front of the podium too 
Uh, NYC mayor announces a new digital billboard campaign in five Florida markets denouncing the hateful don't say gay law and inviting Floridians to move to New York. And uh, just the poster that just says gay all over it. Just gays everywhere. Just gays all over the poster. Come to the city where you can say whatever you want. So, you know, you're in Florida. You're literally not allowed to say gay anymore because that's what you've been told by the media. That's what they're going with. Just move to New York where you can say gay and, um, you know, eventually just end up homeless or something like that because it sucks so bad. Yeah. You can say whatever so, you want. Yeah. Say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Unlike in Florida. Can't call someone gay, though, probably. <laughs> in New York. Unless they're gay. And yeah. it's like a term of endearment. And you were saying it like that mm-hmm. in a good way. You can't say it like gay. Yeah. You, you can't know? be like derogatory. No. With it. Which you shouldn't be. Yeah, and you should. No. Anyhow, number 10. Um, Charles, there's All an right. article associated with this down here also. This is uh, this is from... WAPO. The WAPO. Uh, Biden's economy is extraordinary, but inflation is still the Achilles heel of Democrats. So the economy's great, except for that inflation it's, part. It's so great. Mm-hmm. And listen to how great this is. For the 11th straight month, for 11 months in a row, the U.S. economy in March added at least 400,000 jobs. Brand new ones, probably. By mm-hmm. the way, they weren't there before. That's simply extraordinary. And job growth shows little sign of slowing anytime soon. President Biden on Friday touted the fastest decline in unemployment to start a president's term ever recorded. Killing it. In addition, wages went up an impressive 5.6% in the last year. What's inflation at? They'll talk about it here in a second. Mm. Yeah. It's higher than that. Allowing Biden to uh, declare that, quote, we're the only country in the world that's come out of crisis stronger than we went into them. That's what we're doing here. We came out of the crisis stronger than when Mm. we went in. Look how good we're doing. How about that? Not all is rosy, however. Wages have surged, but inflation is rising faster. In February, prices were 7.9% higher than a year prior. That means the vast majority of Americans who never lost their jobs during the pandemic may be in a worse position now than before the economy tanked. Couple that with an almost daily reminder that the cost of food, gas, housing, and almost everything else has gone up, and it's easy to understand why so many people think the state of the economy is poor despite (laughs) record-level job creation. You can understand why so many people would think that the economy is poor despite the record-level job creation. Despite the measurements we're using to show you of how amazing the economy Mm -hmm. is. Despite the propaganda. Mm. Looking at the big picture, Biden's economic record is extraordinary, but it is marred by inflation. And what is inflation, by the way? Greedy corporations. That's all it is. So if it weren't for them. Uh, that is bad news for Democrats' chances in the midterms, but if the Fed brings down inflation without driving the country into a recession, Biden's economic record may be viewed as one of the most successful in history. Folks, I know you can't feel it. <laughs> I know it doesn't feel like we're making progress, okay? I know that things are getting more expensive. I know you feel like you have less money, but you don't because the this this... The last 11 months in a row has been historic. So therefore, it's whatever you feel. The facts don't care about your feelings in this case. I like the thing at the end. um, If the Fed can bring down the inflation without driving us into a recession, Biden's economic record may be viewed as the most successful in history. (laughs) If we can stop the current trajectory from being a total downfall. We're already 
in the beginning stages of the recession. And this will be awesome. We're in the beginning stages of the recession. It's happening. It is happening. That is true. But yeah, the main the main dumb here. Basically, the article headline is Biden's economy is awesome, except for like one of the most important parts of the economy. The inflation part of it. Prices. Yeah. Prices. The economy is awesome, except for the prices of everything. You can't afford anything. Yeah. Other than that, other than not being able to afford stuff. Mm -hmm. Pretty great. It sounds like this, like Soviet propaganda. It, it is Soviet <laughs> like propaganda. The same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, look, I know you're starving, but hey, we're mm-hmm. doing great. Yeah, at least look. we don't have those rich people. Yeah, you know, <laughs> don't have to be mad about that anymore. It's so ridiculous. Okay, the last one, number eleven. I had to leave it in here. <clears throat> HHS Secretary Xavier Becerra. Now, first off, I'll say the headline here from National Review. We'll talk about that. The HHS secretary, I will do everything I can to defend sex changes for children. Now, the important thing to note from the headline, and just always pay attention to this, and I know you guys do. All right, that's why you're listening to this podcast right here. The I will do everything I can to defend is in quotes. And then sex changes for children is not in quotes, meaning that he did not say the words, I'll do everything I can to defend sex changes for children, just so we know. All together. But he still did say that. So let's just go into the... (laughs) I just wanted to be clear because that happens all the time. Mm -hmm. All right. From National Review. While testifying before the House Budget Committee yesterday, HHS Secretary affirmed that yes, his department was in favor of taxpayer-funded sex reassignment surgery for minors. Quote, this is from Lauren, Lauren Boebert. So for the record... You favor HHS funding for sex reassignment surgeries for minors. That was the question. You favor HHS funding for sex reassignment for minors. He said, I will do everything I can to defend any American, including children, whether or not they fit the categories you have mentioned or not. And if they talk about gender affirming care, I am there to protect the rights of any American. So, yes, was the answer to the question. Basically, yeah. y'all, not only is this insane, it's disgusting at the same time. And I will say that I do consider this personally. I'm not saying that I'm going to craft laws about it or anything like that because I'm not a lawyer or a lawmaker or anything. I do consider this a form of child abuse. I don't care what your kid says that they feel like when they're six years old or eight years old or 13 or 14 or whatever it is. Whatever age you legally become an adult, which is generally 18, then you can make decisions about what to do with that. You should not be doing any gender-affirming care that changes your child's body for the rest of their lives when they are a child based on what their feelings as a child are. It's downright disgusting. Mm. So, I mean, I should have changed. I should have helped my son transition to a truck. Mm-hmm. When he was three, because that's what he said that he what you heard it out of his own mouth. I did. Yeah. I asked him point blank. I said, I said, Parker, come over here. He said, yes, sir. Because he's very polite. <laughs> and uh, sir, yes, sir. Is actually and calls said me it. sir. Yeah. yeah. And I said, Parker, what are you? And he goes, a truck. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, should I feel horrible and not not turning his arms into wheels? You know. Yeah. You're you're not affirming that child's beliefs that he is of a, who they a are monster truck yeah so mm-hmm. anyway let's uh you guys get the idea with this and if I may if I may throw in one last uh, addendum to this 
dumb to this dumb with this whole thing that's going on right now, I might leave you with a video that was posted by Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Okay. You guys have heard of them before. It's like for kids, mm. right? Well, they had very important message on the transgender day of visibility uh, from this teenage girl who's been a transgender activist since she was like 12 years old. So, in honor of International Transgender Day of Visibility, meet Time and Nickelodeon's 2021 Kid of the Year finalist, Rebecca Brusehoff. Growing up in the LGBTQ plus community has given me a different perspective on how I see the world. Trans kids are so much more than their gender identity and it's so important for people to listen to kids. I wish for a world where everyone can be lifted up and celebrated. So today and every day, we celebrate those who are helping others realize that everyone should be proud of what makes them who they are. Mm. How does that make you feel, Chuck? Gross. Kind of sad, right? It gross. makes me sad. I just feel gross. Yeah. Like, oh, man. I mean, let kids be kids. I, I agree with that. But then, like, where are they getting these ideas? Are these They're coming up with them by themselves? Yeah. The answer to that is no. And this Absolutely whole, not. This whole idea you've been getting on other issues where, like, oh, we should listen to kids. No, you damn hell should not listen to kids. No. They're idiots, and they don't have any perspective on anything because they're kids. Yeah. Okay? Don't, hey, don't listen to someone that's 20. <laughs> they're probably an idiot, too. Okay? No, you shouldn't listen to kids about their worldview. They're kids, for God's sake. <laughs> Jesus, Lord, help us, baby God. <laughs> Oh, the baby version of Jesus or the grown up version of Jesus? I like the baby version better. So you're saying we should listen to baby? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're saying. Kid Jesus Kid. is the one that we should listen to. Yeah. Not the man, not the grown man. Now I'm getting confused <laughs> by your tactics. All right. Okay. Let's, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> Got me. All right. Let's roll back through these. Number one, David Hogg. You already put the numbers in there. How about that? I sure did, my man. David Hogg. Do you need a license to kill deer? Why don't you need one to kill humans? Number two, the Shanghai lockdown is getting worse after this surge in asymptomatic illnesses. Number three, Senator Booker says um, that the Supreme Court justice being con confirmed. It's like Jackie Robinson moment for America. Mm. <laughs> for sure. You know Jackie Robinson. He was the third black baseball player that had ever played. <laughs> Number four. Oh, God, what do you even call this? A conversation on Joy Reid about, about Elon Musk and all the projection and gaslighting that was mm -hmm. going on. Yeah. Gaslight NBC. Elon Musk has, has, has created all the problems, and now he's uh, cosplaying his way into fixing them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number five. People got their vaccines after Trump said it was okay to get the vaccine. Number six, Chicago area church is fasting from whiteness. Can I, I mean, just, just one more time here. They, they ended this out with for Lent. It's our prayer that our spiritual disciplines, we may grow as Christians united in the body of Christ with people of all ages, nations, races, and origins. And that's why we're fasting from whiteness for Lent, giving up. The thing that we love the most. I can't even. <laughs> Wait, what the heck is going on? Okay, number seven, uh, Elon, Elon Elizabeth Warren, Warden Warren, uh, you didn't build that. 
And also 300 billion bucks a year is going to give you all this free stuff. Everything we need. That's all they're missing right mm-hmm. now. It's 300 billion. JD Vance got to stop those gall darn Mexican Democrats coming across the border. Y'all number nine, Eric Adams, you can come to New York. All right. And you can say gay as much as you want. I'm like in Florida where you are legally not allowed to say the word gay. <laughs> Gay, gay poster everywhere. Look at that. Mm. Number 10, Biden's economy is amazing, except for the prices and the fact that people can't afford anything. Except for it's not. Number 11, HHS, going to do everything they can to defend gender affirming care, which, yes, Mm. includes sex changes for children. So get your votes in. All right, y'all, get your votes in. And while you're doing that, I'm going to tell you about uh, joingml.com, which is the place that you can go if you want to vote. So you got to, if, if you want to vote right now, uh, you, well, you can't in this election, but if you want to vote in the next election, mm-hmm. which is next Friday, then you should go to joingml.com. Uh, get past Nate's wall by signing up to be a member of our insider group. Yeah. It's, it's all these fine folks that like to uh, shit on me and, and also vote for dumb bleep of the week. Mm-hmm. So this is the two main selling points mm-hmm. of going past the wall. There's a paid wall. There's a little button in there. It's going to say upgrade.chat. You're going to put in your info and be PayPal or a card or whatever. And it's going to go through and it's going to automatically get you into the discord where you can hang out with us and solve all the world's problems. Mm-hmm. Also share the show with a friend, family member. Those are the free things that you can do and share it with the children because we obviously need to mold their minds in the Liberty mm-hmm. fashion. Yep. Okay. A little bit of Liberty grooming. That's all we really need. <laughs> And uh, what are the what are the vote tallies look like? It's a mixture. There's too many emojis, folks. Only the color neutral thumbs up it will be like, accepted. It looks like number seven. Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Warden Warren is the front runner for this, but I, it's a spread out vote. I really thought the church was going to win. I, you know, I did too. I really did. Uh, now there's some vote changing. Oh, we're getting some late results. Uh oh. Everything's changing. I don't know what's going on. What is the this 2 a.m.? This is <laughs> this is getting uh this is getting weird. Okay, Warden still, Warren still number seven. She's still going to win. She won. We've called it. We have called the election for Elizabeth Warren. Congrats, Elizabeth. You're the president of Dumb Bleep of the Week. <laughs> you finally made it. You made it. All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode, like I said, share it around. Go to joingml.com. If you do all those things, we'll be back again on Monday. Hope you have a good weekend and a good. Morning Liberty.